You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good evening. Welcome. Happy 4th of July, Independence Day. It is 106.7 a Fan and Team 980. And always live in the free Odyssey app. Scott Jackson here with you for the next few hours. Normally Grant and Danny in the spot fellas will be back tomorrow. And uh, Carter Perkins behind the glass. So we're the two guys, Connor and I, that are like, um, you know, like we broke curfew or something like this week. And our parents are like, you can't go out tonight. And everybody else is out. And we're like in the house watching it from the window. So we're here for you. Hopefully you're not too bogged down in traffic. It would probably be the only reason you'd be listening to the station if you are. Um, we do have traffic reports apparently tonight, so props to our traffic guy for working today as well. So a lot of things to uh, cover in these couple hours, um, including this really disgusting tradition that has taken place for I don't know how many years now on uh, 4th of July. And I don't know why, to be honest with you, it's a big thing or why we care about it or why they televise it. Obviously, it makes money for somebody. Uh, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Yes, uh, Joey Chestnut. Did it again. He's like uh, the Michael Jordan of this competition, uh, dare I say. Um, he, you know, is Tom Brady, whoever, you know, whoever it is for you, champion. Bill Russell, the great late Bill Russell. Uh, he has won another title. He had a, apparently wait at a rain delay. Who knew you had to have a rain delay uh, for these things? I didn't know rain impacted, you know, competitive eating, which is really disgusting. So he made 62 hot dogs today in 10 minutes in the buns. So, I would say this, and I'm not a doctor, but here I go, playing one of the radio for a minute. I would say if you ate 62 hot dogs in a year, that's probably not a good idea. But eating 62 in 10 minutes is probably a lot worse idea. Oh, it's so horrible. The runner-up in this competition, by the way, international field, I've been told, um, was this guy, Jeffrey Esper, who had 49. So, he wasn't even close wasn't even close to what Chestnut did. So, really disgusting. Joey Chestnut, after the competition, who's 39 years old, has a body of a 110-year-old, said, what a roller coaster emotionally. <laughs> yeah. That's your stomach saying the same thing. Um, this is, I, mean, I couldn't imagine how terrible this guy must feel after all these competitions, but he does it. He's won, apparently, like all of them. I mean, I feel like we say his name every year, and it's the only time of year I would ever dare say his name. Uh, but he's now won 15, um, no, I'm sorry, there were 15 other competitive eaters in this thing. I have a number here a second ago. I don't know what I'm done with it. But anyway, he hasn't uh, lost in this competition since he started in um, 2015. This apparently is a run now of um, two, 2005 is when he first started doing it, but he hasn't lost since 2015. 
So this is an 8-peat, if I'm doing my math correctly. Probably not. But anyway, an 8-peat for Joey Chestnut. Really, really bad idea for your body. But nonetheless, for some reason, it, uh, it happens all the time. He said the weather got everybody messed up. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm going to run with it. Um, Ryan Clary, who was our producer pri- prior to the show, tells me that um, he's got it on good authority that this thing, they were going to cancel it. They did announce a cancelization of it, and I did see that on Twitter, so it has to be true. Uh, unless, of course, they hit my max limit, and then nobody can, you know, you can't load or whatever's going on these days. But anyway, so they canceled the thing, and Joey Chestnut pulled like a um, Tanner from Bad News Bears 2, for those of you old enough to remember that, uh, breaking training, uh, where he ran on the field and wouldn't leave, and then the fans chant, no, you know, let them play or something. But no, I don't think he did that, but he apparently bullied his way into keeping the competition going, and that's what a great competitor does. So congrats to him, I guess. Um, and the people that watch this, and I, you know, I, I, I would assume ESPN gets some form of ratings for doing this thing, because why else would they do it? Um, you know, Nathan's puts up money for it. Uh, it's really weird. Very weird. Um, last year was more interesting because there was a guy that protested the competition in a Darth Vader costume that came on stage, and that's when Chestnut put him in a headlock, when he really became a legend. You know, he was always a legend, but that was really the legendary moment. And then in 2021, he had 76 hot dogs. Uh, but again, he said today's weather disruption made it impossible. So for those of you, and apparently there was a number on this. Some of my degenerate gambling friends that work at the station told me there was. There was a number on this, and it was in the 73 range, I want to say. And uh, he was uh, well under that, obviously. Today was 63, but nonetheless, his stomach, yeah, his intestines, his all kinds of things, his, his bathroom, his plumbing is not going to know that it was 13 less. It's bad either way for that for that side of it. So anyway, that was going on. We actually had real competition too, uh, baseball today. Nats obviously here on uh, 106.7 The Fan. They uh, will not be winning another series. They had won three straight series, but lost the second straight game to the Reds. So they will wrap up that series tomorrow. 8-4 loss today for the Nats. But really the excitement for the Nats is coming up uh, this coming weekend with the draft, the amateur draft. Obviously they pick in the second spot after the Pirates. A lot of really good op- options there on the board for the Nationals when that comes down. Uh, today, you know, Patrick Corbin, after a really good outing last time, not so good. Five innings, you know, gave up ten hits, six runs, and uh, just wasn't a uh, wonder particularly good start for him today. But, you know, again, the Reds have been Reds have been dominant. I mean, they've been killing it lately. Uh, saw some of the numbers today. I mean, how they just continue to just rip off win after win after win. And it wasn't a team that was getting a whole lot of hoopla, a whole lot of hype going into the season. And yet they've been um, they've been kicking ass and taking names. It's been a really cool story. They've now won, if you break it down, 18-22 and 17-20 on the road. 17 to 20 on the road, which is really, really impressive. So, you know, good for the Na- good for the Reds. You know, that's a little bit more exciting than talking about Joey Chestnut. Although, it was at the obviously at the you know the expense of our Nats, but you know, you gotta tip your cap as somebody once said this down for a team that's playing well. But I'm more interested in what happens Sunday when the Nats uh, draft. Will they? Get to pick between Dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens of LSU, Wyatt Langford potentially as well from Florida. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hype for for Walker Jenkins who could go all the way at the very top. 
uh, with the Pirates, you know, there's always this, every time there's the Pirates story, there's some type of like, is it, you know, financial, what they're going to do, what they're not going to do, what all that does. I mean, either way, the Nats have some really good options on the table, most likely, uh, coming up on Sunday. So, looking forward to watching that. If you saw any of the College World Series this year, obviously, the, the three college players I mentioned, the two from LSU, obviously, Cruz and Skeens, you saw a lot of them. Uh, Skeens in one of the outings was hitting, you know, triple digits really easily. Real smooth, um, big guy, you know, six six, like two forty maybe, two thirty five officially. I don't know what the actual real number is, but that's they put him around that size. Um, he could be the pick for the Nats, and that'll be interesting if they have a shot at again taking a bat. Two guys that are outfielders and Cruz and Langford. They've got some outfield depth in the organization right now among their prospects, but I guess you still want to take the best player available. You could say there's probably more room or more need right now for a pitcher, but then there's also the argument, well, hey, the everyday player has got more impact in your winnings and losings, but you know, this organization obviously in the past has relied heavily on pitching when they were at their best, so maybe that's why they go skeins if they had the opportunity to, if, if Pirates don't surprise everybody and take him. Although I don't even know if Anybody really has a real grip on what the Pirates are going to do at this point. I've seen a lot of different stuff out there at this at this juncture, but it would be um, either way. Nats are going to be in a, a really good spot. You know, Cruz obviously, you know, Golden Spikes winner, and he is a uh, big time offense player. Both of these guys, um, the, really the three guys, you should even throw Langford in there. Probably going to be up pretty quick. It's not going to be like a long wait. For them to come up and be impact or be, be players, and hope they were impact players, knock on wood, uh, on the big league level. So kind of exciting that coming up this week uh, as well. Um, kind of sad to see this today. Not that it's um, shocking because it seems like it happens way too often, but, I mean, Mike Trout out again. I mean, it's just the annual Mike Trout injury, it feels like we're talking about now. Guy is so ultra-talented. The team's actually, you know, pretty close in the wild card race. You know, certainly um, – Shohei's getting a lot of the headlines, but Trout, very important for them. The 11-time All-Star is going to have to have surgery and, you know, a left wrist fracture. And now it was a foul ball, like, was it two nights ago now? Yeah, two nights ago. Or last night. No, it was last night. It was Monday. I'm losing my t- track of days now. Monday and now probably out 48 weeks. Just uh, a really crappy break for, for the Angels and – you know, at some point, at some point, you know, if, uh, you know, if teams teams keep calling them, I mean, I wonder what they'll do with Otani. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do. Obviously, when he hits free agency, it's we're going to see numbers that we've never seen before, like kind of like what he's doing right now in the field. We're going to see those kind of numbers uh, thrown out. You've seen some people saying 500 million, whatever it may be, that, that seems really large. But then when you consider that, no, the guy's a starting pitcher, he's your ace, he's a great slugger, I mean, all these things make him almost invaluable. It's really hard to tell, and you got to think the team, you know, real close by the Angels, has got their eyes on on Atani when the time comes in the Dodgers. I mean, that's where that makes the most sense uh, for a team in terms of like unlimited resources. Usually, they have kind of been quiet lately. It's almost like they're waiting this thing out. But the Trout thing is pretty devastating um, for them, needless to say, and. Who knows if they can hang in there? Hopefully they can, because I'd like to see him in the postseason. I mean, that's the one wild thing. I mean, as great as Trout is, year in and year out, multiple MVP time winner, and you know, he's usually there's a reason we see him at the Eagles games early every year. I mean, because he's always available. I mean, there's 
outside of 2014, right? Yeah, outside of 2014, that's it. I mean, that's great player, best player perhaps of his generation will go down that way in one playoff appearance so far. This year really was a lot of riding on it, I felt like, with the Angels. You know, because if it's kind of like put up or shut up point at this point. You know, they were kicking the tires and selling the team. You just figure, like, at some point the money's got to run out. You're just like, enough's enough. Let's get what we can get back from it, you know. Let's, let's try to get some value here. And, you know, it's this isn't what you want to see. Last year I want to say he played about 120-ish games around there. I remember looking at this earlier. Yeah, it was about 119 to be exact. 119 games, so he missed a lot of games. Obviously, you know, in the previous years he's been injured. I, I don't think he's hit close to 100 and, and 150s in games for about seven years now. And obviously we had, you know, shortened season in there with, with COVID in 2020. But it, he's just had this rotten luck and still highly productive, highly productive, prior to injuries and after, but just uh, been snake bit, I would say, the way you look at it. But really his last – and last year wasn't even a full year and he still had 40 home runs, which is sickening. <laughs> I mean, 119 gave him the duty at 40 home runs. But, you know, it's it's a shame for them because they had a chance to, uh, to perhaps do something. And, again, we'll see if they can hang in there. And, you know, we deserve to see Otani uh, in the postseason with Trout at some point. But we may, we never, may never get it because, again, if it doesn't happen this year, probably going to have to pull the – Pull the shoot on that on that group if you're them and try to make the best of it and try to build around it. Um, you can always tweet us up at uh, Jackson Sports on Twitter. Uh, hit us up there. We will uh, get to some NBA free agency stuff. The Wizards made an interesting move earlier this week and obviously um, still got a lot of time left here in, in the free agent game, but looks like most of their roster is sort of coming together. They'll have Summer League coming up. So the roster was released today. We'll deal with that in a little bit uh, later on as well. And there was some very interesting stuff I want to get to in the 7 o'clock hour about the Kansas City Chiefs offense from this past season, how that may pertain to your Washington Commanders coming up this year as well. So uh, we will deal with that. Uh, and, again, I should do that. I should have actually led, this, led the show with this because I kind of think in these terms every day. So we're sitting here on July 4th. Of course, the big day is July 20th. So, you know, for those of you that are not mathematicians like me, I use the calculator. It's 16 days from now to the big vote by NFL owners where they'll say yay or nay on Josh Harris. I would imagine there'll be a lot of thumbs up. You know, I think the Raiders, by rule, and it was in Al Davis's will, are supposed to vote against everything. So I think they might vote against it. But outside of that, I can't see anybody else having a problem with it. I mean, they should be like, yeah, hurry up, let's do it. Uh, those... Um, Again, those, that's less than three weeks away, so pretty exciting. And shortly after that, you know, they do the closing, they give them the keys. It should all line up in time for the start of training camp, which I believe is on the 27th when they hit the field. So uh, we'll be interested to hear from Josh Harris finally. We've heard a lot of things about what they're thinking, what they're not thinking. I've seen some stuff he's put out on the old LinkedIn uh, from his uh, Harris group. You know, those kind of things, but not obviously him in his own words. I haven't heard him yet talk about this team and his vision for it and how quickly some things may come together. I, you know, I would imagine it'll be a little bit of wait and see. And I'm, sure, I'm sure they're going to bring in some folks right away, probably on the sales side and the business side will be brought in right away. But I think there'll be a little bit of a wait and see approach. Everything else clearly too late at this juncture for anything in terms of coaching staff, et cetera. But will be uh, interesting times. 
ahead for sure. An interesting offseason, an important offseason, uh, important season, a lot of pressure uh, to produce, you would think, for uh, this commander's team and the commander's staff. So we'll get into all that coming up uh, later on. And, you know, again, if you care about any of these offseason lists, I swear we get one every day, one every hour. None of them seem to be too uh, hyper-jazzed up about the commanders. Like, they're not real. They're not really selling you on uh, them about to shock the world or shock the NFC East, for that matter, or anything. And uh, I don't think that's a bad thing either. I'd prefer for them to kind of stay below the radar, if you will. And I can understand why. I mean, you know, again, people in Vegas that are handicapping this for a living, uh, they don't do this as fans. They just look at stuff very, you know, very matter-of-factly, and they get a lot of questions. I mean, you know, go across the board. I mean, they get, there is a lot of question mark areas. When you, even if you don't factor in the whole, oh, yeah, there's a lot of pressure here. It's just a lot of question mark areas, obviously, starting on the center with quarterback, guys in front of them. I mean, there's just there's a lot of that going on. So, I get it. I understand why. You know, Eagles came with the season they did. You know, Cowboys, Giants, just in your own division alone, uh, you can you can get why there's not a big hype train lining up. Uh, you know, to jump on the Commanders bandwagon here. You know, even even with all the the things that we see here locally and feel good about, and obviously just the biggest part, which is the ownership change, about to take place. But all that is not going to move the guys in Vegas. But I, I don't. You know, again. Don't see them being in a bottom-out kind of franchise this year, team this year, but uh, that's kind of where they have them at this point. Not the worst, as Steve Spurrier said, there were some worse, but, I mean, when you're talking about a six-win level-ish, as uh, some of these over-unders are, obviously that would be uh, bottom third of the uh, of the league for sure. All right, here's what we're going to do. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll start sliding into some Wizards conversation with the Kyle Kuzma thing. May mean or may not mean with him coming back uh, this week, that news coming out. Uh, if you want to get in on the phone lines, you got a traffic report for me. You want to brag about going to some great you know, gr- you know, barbecue, whatever you're doing, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. At uh, Jackson Sports on Twitter, uh, you can hit us up there if you're not past your max capacity for the day uh, as well. Connor Perkins behind the glass. Scott Jackson here on the Airways, 106.7 The Fan, Team 980, and streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All 
All right, Scott Jackson with you, 106.7 The Fan, Team Nunnity, streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Happy 4th of July to you, wherever you may be. Around the DMV or, I don't know, you could be anywhere with the app. You could be international, for all I know. The uh, Wizards had an interesting uh, last couple weeks, obviously, with uh, their gutting of the franchise, it looked like, and then a little interesting pivot with the re-signing of Kyle Kuzma. And certainly has raised a lot of questions with that move a few days ago when they did it on Friday when it came out that, that Kuz was back on that four-year, $102 million deal. Still do not have all the details as to whether there is a player or team option in that fourth season. But, you know, again, he's on the cusp of his 20th birthday. It appeared that uh, whatever market was out there for him, at the beginning of free agency, maybe wasn't there for him in terms of a playoff contending kind of team or a championship contending kind of team or a team that could pay him as much money as the Wizards are willing to do. Uh, there might not have been a sign-and-trade opportunity for the Wizards either. So they figured, well, you know what, this guy's young enough. Uh, he's been sturdy, been healthy. We're going to go ahead and re-sign him, and you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. It's certainly not something that's going to make us a contender. It's not, you know, he, he and Jordan Poole actually might just be – oil and water. I mean, it might be a disaster, but that might be a good thing if you're trying to, you know, be a lottery team. If you're trying to really, you know, get an opportunity to get a low pick, if that's what uh, you're trying to do as you clear things out here. The money's not prohibited at all. It's not a bad contract. Um, certainly one you could flip if you needed to or if you uh, wanted to, if there's a market for him as time goes on. So um, I would just caution, as all things Wizards this year, don't put anything in pen or Sharpie. I would just definitely write in pencil. Or just, you know, type it in your computer, can always delete it. Delete it off your files. I still think it's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things up in the air. There's a lot of things up in the air, very much in flux. It's going to be a process. It's going to be a process, somebody once said. And obviously for, for many years, this team has fought the idea of a process. They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to tank. Or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I think they'll put a team out there that's going to be expected to play well, play hard every night. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but they're going to be expected to win or play hard, I should say. They're going to be looking, hopefully, to just sneak into the 10 seed or what have you. Like, seemed to be the goal for the last few years to be like just in the playoffs is good enough. I mean, they're trying to build towards something bigger here. And I can understand why. You know, some people are a little apprehensive after the Kuzma signing because, you, again, you move Beal out of here, you had to do that. Start anything. Move poor Zingas. He's coming off his most healthiest season at some time. You actually got some stock back in that with what you were able to flip for, uh, for um, you know, in the end, what you were able to flip out of all that stuff. You got Tyus Jones in there. Obviously, they got um, you know, Jordan Poole in the Chris Paul deal uh, who came over. You know, on the Beal deal, so they we're getting things there. Still, not get any first round picks. Got another, they got another second this week on uh, the deal for Monte Morris going to the Nuggets. So it's been kind of a weird off season in that regard. When you think about just clearing people out, you you want to get ones, but that has not been uh, what the Wizards have been able to do to this point. Really, the last several trades they've made, uh, you know, even going back to last year when they moved on from Rui, same deal. I mean, it's just like the whole league's trading second round picks these days. So, your hopes of you know stockpiling ones is going to probably have to be earned uh, at this point. And you know the the interesting thing from Kuzma's tweet the other day, um, 
He said, DC, let's turn this ship around. May take some time, but I'm committed to you guys in turning up the city. May take some time, obviously. You know, yeah, definitely going to take some time. I mean, he and Poole will be interesting together. I mean, how will that work? Um, the pool not really known as a defensive guy, uh, being very interested in playing defense. The team is, is a franchise, really. Guys, you got to go back to this. Randy Whitman hasn't been interested in playing defense, quite frankly. But they've, uh, you know, they put a very young team here for now, for the here and now together, and we'll see if it uh, stays this way and if there's some more moves to be made. I'm very fascinated to watch the Summer League coming up here in a few days because last year's Summer League, you know, outing obviously was, was kind of tough to watch, especially for Johnny Davis. He's going to be expected to uh, to do a lot more, I think. It's kind of funny with all the things that have been going on with all the discussion about the Wizards, a lot of, hey, what do you do with this guy, that guy, you know, talking about Denny and obviously Kispert, but very little mention of Johnny Davis who, you know, was last year's first round pick. It was perceived to be, oh, he's like one of these safe picks. He's not. He's got no. He didn't have a big upside, but he's got a low ceiling or a high ceiling. How does that work? No, you got a, <laughs> a high floor, lower ceiling, but the floor was higher. So you know, you knew what you're getting with him, and it was actually quite the opposite. You know, some of it may have been injury related. Had a lot of things going on in his life off the court. Had a baby. Well, he didn't have it, but that would have really been something, right? But you know, all these things happen. But he was never really any kind of rhythm. And he put up some numbers late in the year, you know, kind of garbage time of the season. But, you know, they say somebody, everybody's, even bad teams that need somebody to score kind of kind of move. But, yeah, I'm fascinated to see if he's in better condition, if he's been working hard. Supposedly he has been. And uh, he'd make a big jump from his freshman year at Wisconsin to his sophomore year. Hopefully that's going to be of the same sort of story here in the NBA. And obviously Balakula Bali are going to be, you know, he's going to have a lot of eyes on him as he should. I mean, it is kind of incredible to think that there was a time maybe, I don't know, several weeks before the draft, a month before the draft, there was discussion he may not stay in the draft, and then to be selected as high as he was, you know, in that swap with, with the Wizards and Pacers. They're coming here to Washington, and we'll see. I mean, the guy he comes off very mature, comes off like n- not a player that you have to worry about. You know, is he dedicated to his craft and this kind of thing, which is good because that's a lot of the battle. When you get to this level, is just working your ass off and continuing to get better. And I think, um, you know, they, they really like, as they call them, kind of a piece of clay, like they can mold. And they liked kind of the, the potential of them. And it's just such a flip for one from what we had been seeing over these last several years. But it always seemed like they took the safest pick or the safe route, didn't really go for more of the upside players, which, you know, other teams have had success with and you always go back to player development issues here and has it ever been good and outside of like guys that have been picked very high you know Wall Beal and in Porter to some degree as well who got a very big contract here you know nobody's really hit you know they haven't had big hits in the first round and it absolutely kills you they certainly had haven't had any hits in second rounds but there are a lot of second rounders that do hit but I'll say this about this new group with Michael Winger and Will Dawkins they're they're doing all the stuff that you used to cringe um, that the other group would or, or get mad that the other group wouldn't do, which was you know again take upside players, believe in your development. You know, it's okay to take international players. And yeah, you haven't you haven't really nailed one yet, but that's all right. The league's full of them now. 
So these guys, you know, again, they get the clean, clean slate. It doesn't matter what the other fools did. It doesn't matter that, you know, somebody gave Brad Beal a no trade. Somebody signed off on it. Thought it was a good idea just 10 months ago or whatever it was, not even a year ago. These guys, they don't have to live up to that stuff. They can they can start over. And they get, they get the benefit of some time to do it, too, and to try to do it right and to make it at a bigger level and not just, hey, we're just here to make money. We're just here to, you know, get you to come to the arena and watch some games. And, you know, if we get a couple rounds in the – get a round or two in the playoffs, great, then we, we make money. Nah, it's like let's try to actually win a championship. Let's try to be a big-time franchise – be a contender, maybe then you set the foundation, do that, and then players want to come here. And that's been another very challenging thing uh, with this franchise for a long time is getting free agents, big-time free agents. Sure, you can get some guys. I mean, you can overspend on players and get them here, but you're not getting the cream of the crop guys. I mean, again, you're the best player from this area in the last 20 years wanted nothing to do with playing here. I mean, and the, and the team wasn't even bad then. That's a, that's a wacky part, right? Like, when KD had no interest in coming here, I mean, the team was actually in a pretty good spot. I mean, that, that's, that was devastating. We couldn't get a meeting with him? Couldn't do the hometown, hey, I'll at least meet with you, and then blow you off? And like, he had his reasons. I mean, I get it. By the way, slowly but surely, KD and um, the Suns, Brad Beal's team, are uh, are building something. I mean... Everybody's like, well, they're tapped out. They're not going to be able to do much after they got Beal in there. And they've slowly but surely actually pieced together some things, which has been pretty interesting. I mean, Eric Gordon deal, uh, pretty good pretty good move by them, needless to say. And you guys taking less money to come there. So somebody believes in what they're doing. You know, the Warriors have been the masters of that in the past, right? Getting minimum contract players to play to maximum value. Remember they got hell. They got Otto Porter, Otto Porter there. They got you know Peyton, and some other guys in the past that did pretty well for them. But you know they've had nice little couple weeks or a week here, I should say, with uh, Damian Lee and Gordon, Jop Eubanks. And they've done some really savvy things, and we'll see how it all develops for them. But. You know, one of the concerns you'd have to have if you're James Jones and the, and the Suns, obviously, is, well, can we keep these guys in the court? I mean, the big, among the big three, two of them, Beal and KD, have had, you know, seasons upon seasons. It feels like they've always got something going on physically. Both are very good when they're on the court, but you got to obviously have them on the court. But the Suns have done a done some interesting things. Now. Still don't really love the coaching situation there. I don't think they did a real smart thing there. But, you know, Frank Vogel is a NBA champion, I guess, right? Technically, the bubble champion was gone two years later. But that didn't feel like a really particularly brilliant move they made there. Their owner's a bit of a wingnut. Um, of course, the guy tried to put his hands on Jokic during the playoffs. That wasn't too bright. So, and really, Jokic had a lot of respect. I really think he should have pounded the guy, but he didn't do it. He's kind of smart on his part. But, yeah, I mean, Vogel won his first year with the Lakers. 
then I think they went in the postseason the next year, and then they missed the playoffs, and he was out. I mean, it was a quick little tender tenure with the Lakers. And you can say what you want about, hey, you know, coaches are interchangeable in the NBA, whatever, you know. And I guess technically Monty Williams and the Suns have gone backwards since their NBA finals, which is true. But, you know, trading him out for uh, for Frank Vogel doesn't feel like a win. Feels like quite the opposite. So, you know, he he cashed in though. He got a hell of a deal with the Pistons. But I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's the one thing I'd be very that and the health would be the two things that would hold me back from buying Suns championship T-shirts next year. But certainly more, they're an interesting team if nothing else. If nothing else, they're very interesting, and they've obviously spent spent big to uh, try to win big. They're not afraid of uh, putting it out there. Got to give them that, but. Not sure it's going to uh, be number one seed West kind of stuff, but certainly they're a factor again. They definitely uh, got some scores. They gave you some, definitely give you some things to think about. I, I actually think the uh, the Warriors will be much better too. I'm a little concerned about how many of the Warriors seem to think addition is you know there's going to be a big addition just by the subtraction of uh, of one Jordan Poole. That's pretty wild. Talking about this the other day with Michael Lee from the Post, and he was saying, you know, not too many guys on his team have caused Steph Curry to throw his mouthpiece. <laughs> I mean, got him so frustrated. I mean, they got really annoyed with this guy quickly. I mean, it's uh, quite a was quite a turnaround after you know, kind of being called one of the heroes from that championship run two seasons ago to being like, yeah, just get him out of here. We don't really care what we get for him. Just move him on. We'll even take Chris Paul at this point in his life. They just—they were just happy to get out of the business, which not uh, doesn't make you feel too great if you're the Wizards. But again, if you're trying to lose games, if you're the Wizards, it'd be interesting. It might be the perfect formula. Him and the Coos together, just jacking up shots. All right, NBA Summer League um, is going to try something very interesting. When it comes to officiating, we'll get to that coming up. Plus the Wizards Summer League roster, some few thoughts on that. And, again, we mentioned Johnny Davis earlier. Who else uh, will get an opportunity to shine besides School of Bali uh, for the Wizards as they put this team together? And at 7 o'clock, we'll get into some commander stuff, a really interesting number to think about when it comes to what the Chiefs offense was doing last year and how that may impact what we see from the commanders this year. Scott Jackson with you here, 106.7 The Fan Team, 980, and streaming live on the free Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, we're here with the uh, abbreviated edition of Overtime till 
Eight tonight. Scott Jackson with you. Connor Perkins behind the glass. You want to jump in, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. You can reach the show at Jackson Sports on Twitter as well. We're here on uh, 106.7 The Fan and Team 980, and of course, always free on the live Odyssey app. Free and live on the Odyssey app. Well, the Odyssey app's live, too. It's like a living organism. It's AI, for goodness sakes. Um, the NBA is going to do something wacky in the uh, Vegas Summer League. They're going to uh, test out a proposed in-game penalty for flopping uh, during the Summer League. Made this announcement today. News dump. Um, the flop, <clears throat> which will be determined by referees at the game, will be penalized by awarding the opposing team one free throw in possession of the ball. The player who commits the flop will be assessed an unsportsmanlike technical foul, which won't count towards personal fouls or lead to ejection. Uh, officials won't be required to stop live play to call the flopping violations. Uh, the league in 2012 implemented an anti-flopping rule that resulted in a warning and then increasing amount of fines for every subsequent violation. However, there was no in-game penalty for the rule. And rarely is enforced, by the way. The NBA defined a flop in 2012 as an attempt to either fool referees into calling undeserved fouls or fool fans into thinking the referee missed a foul or calling exaggerated the effect of the contact by the opposing player. Like James Hardening. Um, the late Kobe Bryant was pretty good at uh, doing this too. I mean, LeBron's a master at it. Never seen a guy so big and so strong, you know, fall down the way he does. And like in pain and holds his eye. I mean, he's really good at it. And that's, you know, that's good stuff. But then there's, you know, the guys who, you know, international players have been known for flopping. Of course, Duke, uh, there's a master class. You can major in it. Uh, you get a master's degree in it. The Feigning Goats video, if you haven't seen that, it's very funny. So, yeah, there's a lot of it. I mean, it, it is obnoxious. I mean, after a while, it's like, just play the game, right? It is. Um, I am more... I, I really, and this is what I think has hurt James Harden's game, by the way, is that there is a a lot of, um, you know, what, the emphasis on guys creating the contact as an offensive player being taken away, and his inability to do that why he can't go to the line a million times like he used to. It's kind of why he's uh, fallen to pieces a bit. And old age and probably spending too much time at gentlemen's clubs as well. Probably not been very good for him. Um Real quick thoughts on the Wizards. Uh, summer League roster came out. That I mentioned Johnny Davis earlier, how important this is for him. But certainly, look, the first-round pick, well, it wasn't their pick. The, their guy, the guy they acquired in the first round, Blackula Bali, is going to be get a lot of attention. And Vucevic as well, Tristan Vucevic, um, the other draft pick, the seven, seven-footer. They will um, start Saturday against Indiana, then they play Boston on Sunday, the ninth. But the game, everybody will have penciled or circled, and hopefully both of these players play as the game on Tuesday the 11th, week from today. They take on the Spurs at the Thomas Mack Center. And of course, Wimbyama hopefully is playing. Uh, hopefully, Koulibaly is playing too. Just sometimes these teams get a little weird as the thing goes on with the high picks. They don't want to play them. They get a little antsy. But, you know, supposedly, this is where they really got a feel for uh, Koulibaly was seeing him, you know, playing – uh, in France, you know, everybody's looking at Wembyama and checking him out, as you should. And that was supposedly, you know, the time they they um, got their eyes on this, you know, got their eyes on this guy, too. So, should be interesting. Uh, I'm fascinated to see the kid. I mean, he's 100 and – talking about Koulibaly, by the way, and Wembyama, too. But we've already seen a lot of him. And Koulibaly, you know, supposedly this 7-2 wingspan as a 6-6 kid. It'll be interesting to watch how they use him. And again, Johnny Davis, 
got to do, got to show you something. I mean, it's just summer league. I get it, but you know, usually like the guys that are like taking the next step show you something this time of year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is cool to have summer league right around the time of the All Star break. It kind of helps fill the void a little bit for baseball. Uh, Sports IQ on Twitter says, I don't think it's a coincidence that Leonsis is blowing up the Wizards as new owners take over the Commanders. He's realizing that no Snyder in town, his lack of success, and he'll become the focus of the local sports media. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Yeah, I talked about this, I don't know, a few weeks ago um, on the radio here and on 980, I believe. But, yeah, I mean, I totally buy into that. I think there is a lot of that. I think the uh, he had this window, like in, in, as did the learners, you know, for that matter. And they had this window, especially when the rebrand was going on and, you know, the investigations and the, you know, it was just a bad time going for uh, the commanders slash Washington football. And they didn't take as big a lead as they wanted. Now, they might have picked up, like, sponsorships and, you know, benefited from that stuff. But in terms of, like, as teams, like, getting better, improving to the point where, like, it's a no-brainer you're spending your money on, no. I mean, it didn't, it didn't materialize. And nobody was moved by the idea of re-racking the big three to go, you know, th- three games below 500 or whatever the heck it was last year, 16 and 19, right? Yeah, I mean, I 100,000% believe in that too. And, I mean, I think people that pay attention understand a lot of this stuff and what's what's been going on. And, you know, there's there's definitely been some major mismanagement with – both of you know, with the Wizards in particular, over these last few years, and it, it can't all be Tommy and, and Ernie, right? I mean, they have a boss. They didn't own the team. They didn't choose to do these things. So, I think people are aware of that. You know, you can can only control so much in terms of the messaging, and people aren't stupid. They, they they watch it, they understand it, they consume it, and they see these things, they hear these things. I mean, I mean, if you go back, I mean, oh, my God, we, we could go back. It's embarrassing, some of the things that were said at the Beal presser last year. I mean, people were being talked down to for questioning whether it was a good idea. We were told that, hey, the video gaming team has won a championship. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, and, again, the Capitals comparisons with the Wizards have always made me laugh because there's no, there's no Ovi. There never has been an Ovi. In, in terms of Wizards. I mean, just silly. I mean, there are two different sports and the way they're – I mean, the way everything about it is so different anyway. Yeah, it's just stop, you know. And, and then just the tone of it was like he had just picked the job – just picked the team up. I mean, he'd been around the team a long time, remember? And he was the owner of waiting for quite some time. So, yeah, I think he's well aware that um, people are kind of like enough's enough. I mean, as much as we all, you know, had our issues with – the Abe Poland run, Wizards, Bullets, Bullets, Wizards. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, things that have not been learned from that time by this group, which is frustrating as hell because they had a real good seat for it. They should have known better. But I am encouraged that they at least finally, first time ever in both franchises, gone out of the building. You know, you don't know everything. Stop it. Just find somebody that does. Somebody's actually done this. Listen to them. Let them do the thing that they're doing. So anyway, encouraged by that. All right. Everybody around the NFL seems to think the commanders are going to be a huge failure this year. I think it's great news 
also an interesting uh, thing to look at when it came to the Kansas City when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs offense from a year ago and how that may relate to what Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett and this Commanders offense does this upcoming season. We'll get to that in the final hour. So overtime, Scott Jackson in here with you. 106.7 The Fan Team 980 and streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 